Hey, I'm starting to get the hang of this game. The, the blurns are loaded, the count's three blurns and two anti-blurns, and the infield blurn rule is in effect, right? Except for the word blurn, that was complete gibberish. Welcome to the world of tomorrow. This is Back to the Futurama, your podcast voyage through one of the greatest TV shows Fox ever canceled. I'm Ben. I'm Mike. And today we're talking about season one, episode five, Fear of a Bot Planet. So the cold open is not, it's just kind of a little joke where they're flying through the the emptiness of space and kind of recognizing it, how you can kind of feel insignificant how large this is. And then suddenly a planet appears and smashes on the windshield as a very, very small planet. And it's a fine joke. Yeah, I mean, it's a real throwaway joke. It doesn't really lend much to anything. And I don't, like, I even noted it when I was watching it before we recorded this. And I was just like, you know, it's not... It's not really a, a great joke. It's a fine enough joke. It's a. It doesn't have anything to do with anything else, sure, but it's kind of funny, you know. Haha, that is that's kind of funny, kind of way. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, it, I mean, that's really the whole joke. Is it's just in and out and done. Yeah. Well, there's something to be said about that kind of joke. And we said it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that was you. You were very funny, my friend. Oh, I try. After the credits, uh, we open up. They're at a Blurns ball game. Blurns. So this is the first time we see the yes. uh, the sport of Blurns ball, which is not exactly like baseball. It's it's a jazzed up baseball. They finally jazzed it up. They finally jazzed it up. I um, just I like the joke because Fry is really upset at the idea that somebody would find baseball boring, and then all of a sudden he's like. They finally jazzed it up. <laughs> yes, because, oh boy, this, the scorching baseball tags are going to come get me. But I agree. It is kind of boring. I say right after the World Series. I mean, my Twitter feed was exploding with it World did, Series yeah. I mean, tweets. it was kind of, it was, it was a very historic World Series to have happened. But at the same time, it's still baseball. I heard that the Cubes won the World Series. Mm-hmm. The gelatinous Cubes won the World Series. Okay. Or, or the new New York Mets. Um, so yeah, Blurns Ball, if you have not watched or what have you, or if it's been a while. Uh, it is a baseball-esque sport, which has incomprehensible rules. Very, very little rule uh, set up, at least in this episode. The ball is attached to a string in the middle of the field, like mm-hmm. an elastic string, yep. just because it's a traditional thing. And I just like all of the craziness that goes on. I think Blurns Ball is a sport I would watch. I mean, if we, I'm going to jump a little bit forward, but at the end of the Blurns Ball sequence, you see how multi-ball um, comes about. Oh, yeah. Possibly the craziest thing and the most amazing thing you can possibly ever see. They're like firing like hundreds of balls at the batter who bats as much as he can, and then he just goes driving in a like a uh, a floating motorcycle across the bases, and they explode behind him. 
Uh-huh. And like one like the ball goes into a hole and it just it comes up and it says third ball locked and mm-hmm. like all of this stuff is happening. I would Okay, Google. No. <laughs> Did we just activate Okay, Google? Uh, maybe. I don't know whose phone it did it though. Oh, was it? Oh, it was mine. <laughs> okay, Google. How awesome is Blurns Ball? <laughs> I didn't find anything. Uh, my here's what my Go- Okay Google took. Um, oh dang it. I don't know what. Oh, now it got it. I I got. Oh, dang it! I don't know how I got it. Oh, I, <laughs> all right. Um, it said I and I quite like the ball goes into a hole and it comes up and it says third block. <laughs> the future is now. <laughs> what so, were we even talking about? We were talking about Blurns Ball. Oh yeah. So I feel like I feel like Blurns Ball is a sport that I would totally like. Sure. And I would probably watch. I mean, it's just kind of all over the place. I mean, relievers come on the field on a giant tarantula. What's not to love? Other than, I guess, the spider. I mean, if you don't like spiders, it makes sense. Uh, there are a couple of interesting things that happen at the game for me. Um, Bender ends up catching a player after the player can't catch the uh, Blurns ball very well. But a kid comes up and Bender shows his sometimes beating heart and gives him the player gives the little boy the player which is a fun little fun little uh gag i just want to know if that's actually part of the rules of blurns ball in a very weird twist of events i'm gonna bring up zoidberg after you brought up bender because oh, wow this i is, we are in bizarro back to futurama i love that zoidberg goes to get some food and i mean <laughs> yes. there's there's a cheap uh, joke at like hot dogs are just you know gross but pr- uh, specifically I like the joke where he orders one of your young on a roll mm-hmm. as though that's something you can just buy at a baseball sure Blurns Ball Stadium Blurns Ball Stadium excuse me I really enjoy how uh, how Fry after Zoidberg gets his whatever's crawling in parasites Fry says oh they haven't changed these at all it's very good because I mean, I, if you've eaten a hot dog at a baseball game, you understand. You get it. Yeah, but I, I'm not a, I'm not an expert on comedy or anything. I have five episodes of a podcast under my belt, aka, not experts at comedy. But I feel like a joke about a hot dog is kind of a, it's kind of a a low bar. Yes, I'm not saying that it's like high comedy, but it's a. You're watching a sitcom. Sometimes you have to go for the funny little joke. That everybody's already heard before, but it's still funny. Uh, we also get to the crux of the episode during this scene, which is that Bender starts complaining about how humans treat robots. Sure. Now, I don't want to... Actually, go ahead. I'm interrupting you again. Well, if you have something else to say about well, this. Well, I wanted to mention that Bender makes popcorn, and he he asks if anybody wants butter, and then he holds it <laughs> just slightly bef- below frame, and... um. It implies a lot. They do that with a couple of jokes in a couple of episodes where the joke is just that you can't see what's off the screen. And I feel like they do a very good job with those kinds of jokes. Mm-hmm. 
which is jumping ahead in episodes. Sure. But it comes up again. I'm not surprised. As somebody that's watched Futurama before, I remember. <laughs> also, it the fact that they can pull it off pretty well here doesn't it doesn't surprise me that they keep going back to the well. This scene does also raise sort of the crux of the episode, which is how humans treat robots. Which is an interesting thing to think about because up until this point, we haven't really seen how the human-robot interaction is. It's been implied in a couple episodes where where Bender says Fry's his only friend or only human friend or whatever. So it's implied some places, but not codified. But Bender gets uh, a little upset, uh, really upset actually, because he feels that robots are just servants to humans uh, he is not a fan of that, and uh, that'll come up again here shortly. But before we leave this scene, I do also want to mention just how much I love the payoff for the joke where the Hermes hologram comes up, and he says, "We need from you a, guys from a pager mm-hmm. from a pager." We need pagers to... came back apparently. Just saying. Yes, <laughs> they did apparently. Um, actually, keep keep that. Uh, in your headspace because uh, I've got some more thoughts on old technology later on. I've already forgotten about pagers, but continue. The world's better having forgotten about pagers. <laughs> okay, continue. So yeah, the the Hermes hologram shows up and he says, we need you guys to come back to the office. And then a pigeon lands and carries off the hologram. Mm-hmm. And I love the payoff of the joke where it cuts to the next scene and they're all back at the office and Hermes is all bandaged up and nobody questions it. Nobody, no, nobody mentions it even in the scene. I'm, I would say that some people might miss it if they're watching this episode on the bus. Did you not uh, catch that? Uh, yeah, I didn't. I've caught it before, I'm pretty sure, because it's it's not unfamiliar, but it just didn't even occur to me on this one. But yeah, I mean, that's, that's kind of the... It's a subtle gag. Yeah, it's so just... it's. I'm not going to say it's in the background, but it's not even brought up. It's just a sight gag where he's just all bandaged up because as a hologram, a pigeon picked him up and flew away with him. Which causes a lot of questions about, you know, how that all works, but... I'm not, you know what? I'm not going to question it. I don't have time for that kind of tomfoolery on this podcast. No tomfoolery allowed. This brings us to the plot of the episode, if you will, which is that they have been hired to deliver a package to a planet called Chopek 9, mm-hmm. which is entirely inhabited by robots. So uninhabited. Well, no, it's inhabited by robots. Oh, so it's like a warehouse, uh, how a warehouse is inhabited by boxes. I'm jumping ahead a little bit. No, also... it's it's a good uh, it's a good line. It's such a good line. The only interesting the only interesting uh behind the scenes fact that I really have for this episode is that Chopek 9 is named after and I'm going to butcher this name. Karel Chopek Sounds good to me. Which is the Czech writer who coined the term robot in his uh, play, R-U-R. I don't know what that stands for. Interesting. But he is the first person to ever use the term robot, and thus uh, the planet's named after him. Well, that's interesting, a factoid, and cheers to wherever you are. 
my friend. It's a much more interesting factoid than any of the interesting factoids I had last week. That's probably true because I don't remember a one of them. I see how it is. They fly to Chopek 9 and we get the... Oh, am I skipping ahead? Just a little bit. I just... I wanted to make a note of Bender's uh, not made up holidays. Certainly not made up, but his holidays. Robonica, the one that he's currently celebrating. Robomadon and Robanza, which ended up being a drinking contest, but you know, that's how he celebrates. But remember, he used up his PTO with his bout of roberculosis. I just like how everything is a robotic portmanteau. It's very good if you like portmanteaus. I do. Port. But. Nope. Never mind. Botmanteaus? Botmanteaus. Botmanteaus. I figured it out. That just. Botmanteaus sounds like a. A botman's toes. Yeah. <laughs> Gross. Why would you do that? Why wouldn't you do that? Uh, do you need a list? Hey, I need toes futures. Look, you want a toe? I can buy you a toe. I can give you a toe in the future. Here's the certificate of a toe. If you're quite done. If you're quite done. Oh, I'm f- passive. <laughs> I'm I'm well done at this point. They fly out to Chopek 9 mm-hmm. and we get Kind of the the whole spiel again about how Fry and Leela can't set foot on the planet. Sure. Um, because as we've already mentioned, it's a totally uninhabited planet inhabited by robots. Right. Bender goes down kind of grudgingly and... Mm-hmm. Pretty immediately gets uh, kidnapped. Botnapped. He gets taken prisoner. Taken prisoner. Uh, because they find out that he's sympathizing with humans. Now, I would like to say that this is a, another reminder to those who would either run or be part of D&D campaigns. Never split the party. It's just never good. It's never good. That's very sage advice. I do my best. I've run a game. A game. Singular. Singular game. And we definitely split the party basically first thing in that game. That's true. It did happen. It it worked out fine. While Bender's down on the planet, though, they decide to do something nice for him, and they decorate the ship for Robonica. True. Which I I had never realized or taken a look at sort of the background uh, decorations for this holiday. They have a menorah made out of beer bottles. Sure. And also, for some reason, they have a huge one of those huge barrels Mm -hmm. that is painted like a jack-o'-lantern sure i had never noticed that before why is that in the robonica (laughs) you you just don't know you you just we just need to be educated here we just need to crack open the robonica book the robonica book the robonica book the good book as i I like to call it and we need to read up on why the jack-o'-lantern's here Fry and Leela get the message that Bender has been taken prisoner and they decide to go down and rescue him and dress up with some very badly done robot very costumes. Very badly done. Um, as Fry points out, they should have bought store-bought costumes. Sure. But they do have an impromptu dance uh, robot dance party, which is pretty cool. Leela's got some moves. She does. 
Fry has about my level of mm-hmm. moves. Same with mine. Yep. It's that uh, awesome nerdy white dude dance. Absolutely. We got that going. Oh, we got that robot. We got it going. Ask me about my robot dance. As I always tend to do, I'm going to jump ahead a little bit and talk a little bit about what I like and don't like about the episode. Okay. Because once we get down onto the planet, I really start loving this episode. Okay. Because just the amount of nerd humor that is in this whole sequence from here on out until the end of the episode this back to back to back to back little nerdy references little just hey this is like society but it's robots sure and there's not a part once we actually get down to the planet that i really don't like so for example they are down on the planet and they're talking to the guards to let them into this city mm-hmm. and they are given a a I guess a reverse Turing test. Something like that, yeah. Where they are tasked to to prove that they are not humans and are in fact robots. And they have to pick from a selection of items that they would prefer. A rose from your sweetie, a puppy, or a properly formatted data file. Yes. It's tough for me though. I, I, you know, I, I, I don't know. Sometimes you got to get that... Pr- Oh, and the format's just right. As somebody who has dealt with his fair share of improperly formatted data files, there's something nice about those properly formatted data files. I would agree files. with that, my friend. And I also like that he follows it up with, is the puppy mechanical in any way? And the guard says, no, it is the bad kind of puppy. <laughs> That's just the joke from the episode that I'm laughing about. I mean, it's good. It's a good episode. It's a good, uh, sorry, it's a good joke from this episode. It's just, and that's what I'm talking about, where like from here on out, it's all just all these little robot things, and it's so good. Right. Okay. Uh, I, I do enjoy when they get down on the planet and they say, if you see a robot, just try to be conspicuous or whatever. And then the noon rush happens where everyone changes places. And does it in the most efficient way possible where they're like basically crossing streams. And uh, there's something that's very funny about the fact that Noon Rush starts at noon and ends at 12.01 and it's done. I was actually going to comment on that as well. Just because it's one of those fine details that the animators did a really good job on that. Because if you watch that sequence with all of the robots just like you said, just crisscrossing all in front of each other. There's no stop signs, no stoplights. Mm-hmm. It's just this traffic just, you know, passing through each other in opposite directions and and in uh, parallel directions. No, perpendicular directions. I know my math. Perpendicular. Uh, cosine A squared plus B squared equals C squared. Pythagoras. <laughs> there... <sighs> Linear algebra. So they're... Matrices. They're crossing in that... Mathematica. (laughs) And they're crossing in that... That's a program. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I got a math minor in college and I barely use it. You gotta... I mean, I've already brought up my art major 
before. So, you sure. know, you got you got to use your art minor somehow. And if this podcast is a creative art outlet. Minor? I said math. That's what I meant. A math minor. If your math minor is a creative outlet for the podcast or if the podcast if the podcast is a creative outlet for your math minor okay. so be it well there it is matrices differential equations the look on mike's face right now <laughs> i don't remember those at all he I, is, I could not solve one he is just grinning from ear to ear limits <laughs> as i was saying before i was interrupted by a math minor a math storm if you will the animation on that sequence is just fantastic mm-hmm. was I, the, the whole point i was trying to make sure and i think it's 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 another mix of the 2d 3d because i i mm-hmm. think it, I'm, i may be wrong on this but i'm pretty sure when they kind of go into that top-down view it's a 3d view yeah so I, I think it's a yet another good use of that kind of early technology where they can blend that 2D and the 3D really well. Yeah, absolutely. They keep looking for Bender, and I mean, the plot from here on out is basically they're just trying to look for Bender. Sure. But it is that sort of we get we get this ongoing thing where it's just more and more and more jokes about robots. Sure. Like they ask a construction worker and he's working on a Tetris mm-hmm. wall. And then because he's distracted, he doesn't tell them not to put it to, so that they basically break down the wall because they get a Tetris. Four lines. Fry has to relieve himself at one point and... Mm-hmm. And he turns down a, sh- a blast of searing hot resin. Who who would do that? No one would. There, It's revealed that they are humans sure and we get the uh that sound bite of oh by the way when 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 we see the searing hot resin leela is just the worst lookout just the worst like i mean i get that she probably doesn't want to be like you know hey fry you're taking a pee don't there's a robot coming and like but get in front of the robot distract it no it's true she does just kind of stand there and she's like oh that's a robot yeah, he's, she's doing a bad job at the thing that she's she's offered. I I'm sorry, Leela fans, but I'm I'm not happy with her right now. I don't know if we have any Leela fans specifically who listen to this podcast. Well, we have downloads. It's very possible we have some Leela fans out there. If you are a Leela fan, tweet at Back to Futurama. We would like to know. Actually, I mean, we spend so much time talking about our own favorite characters. That's true. It would be Zoe interesting Bird. to know who everybody else uh, really, yeah, really likes. Let's let's set up a Twitter hashtag, hashtag my favorite Futurama character. At that point, they're discovered, and and we get the with I believe the invasion of the body snatchers voice sound. Yeah, I was just gonna bring that up because I know it's a classic. Mm-hmm. Um, well, there are a couple of classic sound bites we get. Sure. Um. Because it's it's that sort of uh, invasion of the body snatchers, maybe scream. Yeah, I don't I don't know where I it actually it comes is. from. And then when the guards come and and get the the robot, um, and uh, tell everybody to start chasing the humans, they do that. Uh, get the humanoids, get the intruders. What, where is that from? I don't know. Because I know that's a very another very classic sci-fi thing. Mm-hmm. I know I it don't comes know from where somewhere. From. I don't know where it's from. If you know. At Back to Futurama. 
I'm sure somebody will let us know. A chase ensues. Uh, they hide in a movie theater where they watch a 3D movie about mm-hmm. an a, a human coming to Chopek 9 and just killing and eating sure. robots. Fry really loves the 3D. Leela's doesn't seem to get it to work for some reason with her one eye. I also just love how much Fry gets into the movie because at the end of the movie where it's like <laughs> yes. humans may even be hiding in our movie theaters and Fry screams, God help us. <laughs> well, so it's the elastic uh, uh, intelligence of Fry and the he he's always a gamer. He always goes for it, you know? Of course he would react negative, like scared in a scary movie. I, I, it, it, that actually matches what with what I believe Fry would do, where some of the like I'm this is too smart for Fry to be unless he's he. There are episodes where they turn him smart and it it works. But after they go to the movie, we find out that now Bender has actually been released from this prison, mm-hmm. and he's now actually a celebrity. Who of course is he's your? He, I can see no reason why he wouldn't be a celebrity, Ben. Well, in this case, he's specifically a celebrity because he claims that he has killed a million billion humans. A million billion. And now he's got a spoken word album and a cute little bender keychain. Sure. And he's just become this this huge figure. An icon. And... They all go on the the daily human hunt. Mm-hmm. Started by the uh, the Max startup sound on the trumpet. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Which is a C major chord. Did you know that? I a hundred percent did not. I don't remember why I know that, but it's another good factoid. In fact, let me look it up. Ben's, just Ben's factoid corner. Let me look it up just because I'm not even sure if I'm accurate about that. You seem so sure. You convinced me. Oh, no, it's an F-sharp major chord. Well, I'm very disappointed in you, Ben. So not only do I not know why I knew that, I also didn't actually know it. (laughs) Well, you know, you tried. And really, isn't that all you can do? Sure. Sure. (laughs) Why did I think it was a C major? I don't know. We see the human hunt uh, taking place, and we find out that they have been unsuccessful for like hundreds of thousands of days. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, they've probably never even seen a human on their planet. Sure. Until. Until now. Dun, dun, dun. They stumble onto Bender talking to Fry and Leela, and they get uh, kidnapped. In the old uh, adult library. Uh-huh. The, the robot um, adult library. Mm-hmm. And they get taken captive. And again, uh, we get... We get that scene in the the court where the judge is an old uh Mac. Mm-hmm. Sure. The thing that I the thing that I really love about this scene is when the judge freezes up and everybody's shouting out suggestions sure. to try to fix Turn it. Turn them off and on again. I like it because uh for a couple of those, there are things that aren't really relevant now. One person shouts out jiggle the cord everything's like wireless these days clean the gunk out of the mouse yeah and first of all that's fry fry suggests clean the no no it's not fry right somebody from the crowd fry suggests to call tech support which is right you're right fantastic 
Uh, but yeah, somebody shouts out, clean the gunk out of the mouse. Like, A, that's going to fix a frozen computer. And B, we've had optical mice forever. So sure. it's not even a relevant sure. thing anymore. But uh, some somewhere, some some day in the past, somebody thought that actually worked because it looked like it worked once. I it's guess. not how computers work. I mean, you and me, I think we both pretty pretty well know how computers generally work. Well, no, I mean, it's it's a fair point. As somebody who works tech support as uh, my daily job. Mm-hmm. And as somebody that's a programmer for his, da- his day-to-day job. People make a lot of weird assumptions about how computers work. It's so true. it's fair. Sure. I'm just, mostly I was just pointing out, mice don't have gunk to clean out of them anymore. Not anymore, no. That's true. You're do, you remember, there. do you remember those days, though, where, like, you'd be trying to move the mouse and it just kind of, it would get stuck, and then you'd have to, like, open it up and just, yeah. like... Thank God for lasers. For anybody who is listening who didn't use a computer in those days because you're just that young, first of all, I don't know how you found a Futurama yeah, podcast. I have no idea why you're listening to this. But second, you do not know how fortunate you are to have never had to open up a mouse and just scrape whatever gunk that was it's it's probably just all like dead skin yeah well it i i actually think that's a little better than a dial-up modem sound which one of my podcasts had recently and i was like no don't take us back to those days i knew somebody once who set their ringtone as the dial-up modem sound and he was like yeah it rang twice before i turned that off and never well, never went back to it ever again the only person that would consider doing that is a psychopath he was a psychopath yeah i don't know this person but yeah they get convicted of the crime of being a human mm-hmm. which is they don't even get to defend themselves because Leela tries um as a humanoid and they meet the council of robot elders mm-hmm. where we kind silence. of silence they they just sorry i didn't mean to shut you down but like no that's what they do they just they even when they're not I being, was just <laughs> <laughs> I w- even when they're not being interrupted they just start their sentences with silence i agree i was just caught off guard is all Aha. i'm sure i had quite a uh ridiculous it look was, on my face. it was just like like um what uh deer in headlights just like what 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 but <sighs> But yes, I'll they, let you continue this time. They do, uh, they do shout silence a lot at the beginning of every sure everything they say. But we get the explanation of basically humans are just a scapegoat to distract people from all the real issues on the planet, like the crippling lug nut sh- shortage and a corrupt government of robot elders, incompetent robot elders. Oh, one of it was corrupt and incompetent, I believe. So yeah, they they're convicted in the sham trial, and then they pull a lever, and they're down in the down with the robot elders bender is tasked to kill them with the ceremonial kill him a jig kill him a jig and he opts not to because at the end of the day bender still does have a a decently good heart at least Mm -hmm. for the people that he cares about at least not enough to kill them right i'm not gonna i shouldn't actually say bender has a good heart because he doesn't no At, at that point the robot elders decide that they know too much and they need to execute command uh control shift kill mm-hmm. which is definitely key on a keyboard and it's a key on my keyboard well it, i guess it is a linux command so i guess it could work they all run away and well not before fry claims to breathe fire 
and right. the robot I, elders. I almost are, forgot about yeah, that. The robot elders like circle up and is like, did we make that up? Or is it just from that dumb movie? Or is that real? I also and that gives them the opportunity to get going. In in that conversation though, I did actually make note of uh the joke where they say, Now was that the original or the remake? <laughs> and I noted that specifically because I've seen that in a lot of other shows and I think I until you really start seeing how often that's used, like you don't realize how prevalent that is, where it's just like this constant like was that the original or the remake? Like the IT crowd used it in an episode sure. uh, for Ocean's Eleven. And, um, you know, it's. I just think it's funny that of all things, like that's a joke that's so pervasive. Well, I think, I think it's just because Hollywood tends to do a lot of remakes and reboots and all this other stuff that it just becomes something to joke about. Which is why I'm expecting the Futurama movie 2018. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Also, uh, a reboot of this podcast um, with two better hosts, possibly. Now, hold on. <laughs> Actually, uh, quick segue. Tell me you wouldn't listen to this if Zoidberg and Better were hosting this. I would listen to that all day. Quick segue. Who would you cast as Fry in a Futurama movie in 2018? Live action? Live action. That's an interesting question. Oh, I know who I'd cast for Zoidberg. Okay. Uh, Andy Serkis. Okay. Don't you think? Yeah, I could see that. I am evading the question because I do not have an answer. <laughs> okay. Well, think we can we can discuss uh, casting a live action Futurama uh, later. Yeah, let's talk about it when we've had a moment to kind of like sit down and and really think about it. They escape after claiming that Fry breathes fire and they run away and they make it back onto the ship, uh, but not before almost getting caught. Sure. Until Bender realizes, oh, hey, I forgot to deliver the package. Pulls out the package from his chest cavity, mm-hmm. hands it over to them, and it causes this tower of robots or building to collapse. And it turns out it's lug nuts. Which fixes the lo- crippling lug nut sh- shortage. Yay. And they love humans now, which it goes back to that same trope we've talked about. I, I think that we love humans is the trope, but the rest, the fact that they're delivering a package and it ends up being lug nuts, I think that's a smart plot move. It's the, hooray, humans are the best, is the kind of lazy thing to do. Right. And I just mean it. It's a thing that we've talked. To, I mean, we're five episodes in, and this is the third time we're bringing up this That's trope. True. I think they kind of had a problem with it early on when they didn't really know where they wanted the show to go. Sure, it's that idea that everything needs to come back to being normal at the end of the episode. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're gonna have that with any most sitcoms, to be honest. So, nevertheless, uh, they make it back up to the ship, and then they have a bit of a robotica celebration. Sure. Uh, I really enjoy one of the the sequence of uh, Polaroids or uh, images that they show. In one of the the last two or three or so, Bender has a uh, broken bottle to Fry's neck. And then a couple uh, shots later, Fry has Band-Aids on his neck. Bender has a good heart, is what you said (laughs) earlier. (laughs) Wow. Yeah, I did. Well, you did say that. That was a thing that you did say. I can't even argue. I can cut that out of the... I'm the guy who edits this. No, I understand who edits the podcast, but I'm just saying. 
<laughs> also, with re- re- we we all remember how much you love Bender from last week and the week before. Uh, it's true. I'm a known Bender lover. Bender-holic. Bender lover. Whoa. <laughs> oh, don't say that that deep. It's weird. Hey, sexy mama. Want to kill all humans? Oh, Ben. With that bit of ridiculousness, let's move on to grades. the grade for the episode. Dun, 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 grade. Uh, why, don't, uh, why don't you go first? Uh, so, I g- generally like this episode. Um, I think I liked it less before I actually watched it again. Because I have, I have a... I I think it's because of the invasion of the body snatchers like shot that makes me think it's more like a horror like a spoofing a horror movie when it's really just kind of it kind of is but it's really not okay it's kind of it's kind of silly I mean I mean regardless of Futurama it's going to be silly but I know that the like the wear car later that comes on later is more of a a telling of a horror movie in an absurd way yeah okay um but i in my head i'd kind of gotten the tone wrong and i think with the tone it has it's much better than it it would it did with the tone that i had in my head so i don't know i'm gonna give it probably uh b minus b okay what do you what say you ben well so it's funny that you mentioned kind of having a differing opinion now re- like rewatching it for this podcast because i'm kind of in that same boat this was never really a preferred episode of mine mm-hmm. it's not that i had anything against it i just i didn't really feel like it was necessarily that great but watching it with that sort of critical eye that we are doing during this uh rewatch sure i think that's what really made me fall in love with the episode because um because out out of the gate we get all the jokes about blurns ball which is which is good time sure and then like i said from the moment they set foot on chopek nine it's just it's just a lot of jokes for people like us that's true so as just a little side anecdote when i was a freshman in college uh, i was watching futurama one night and my roommate who was very much not a nerd was like, oh, you know, I've, I've tried watching this show and I just, it's not funny. And I think that this is one of those episodes where it's like people like you and me who, you know, tech support and uh, programmer, we get all of the little things, even if we can't play some like the, the right. get the humanoids. Yeah. We know that it's sort of in that, um, zeitgeist i hate to use the word zeitgeist welcome to npr get the humanoids man i hate to use the word zeitgeist but you know what i mean sure and it's just a lot of those little things where it's you know actual sounds from uh, a mac that freezes or the mac startup sound or the um invasion of the body snatchers thing or just all the little references that they make here and there. And there's, I don't, as a plot, it's not so great. But as a, as a program that I watch to laugh and have fun with, 
I really like it. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go as far as saying a minus on this one. All right. Um, little little room for improvement, but overall the jokes are solid, and sure. I I really I really like all of them. And one thing that we don't really know to mention at all is that this is. I think this helps. I think this episode really knows what its characters need to be and what they are. And I think this is when it really starts to say, oh, these are what these characters are. This is what they'll do. This is what they... It has a consistent tone, a consistent action, a set of actions that they'll probably do, like a, a personality and things like that. And I think the characters are finally being understood by the writers. Yeah, I, I think I'll agree with that. Because, you know, like I, like I said before, where I was about to say Bender has a good heart, and I said, well, actually, he really doesn't. But we see that kind of throughout the series where Bender is not a good robot. Sure. But he will he will be there for the people that he actually cares about. And up until this episode, I feel like he was just sort of like a hard-drinking, uh, lying thief kind of character. Sure. Just kind of always out for himself and all of that. And, you know, here he's got everything that he could ever want. Uh, money, fame, and the depths of sleaze that those things provide, or however sure. he words it. it you, were, you were on it. And he gives that up to not have to kill his friends, which as a robot, maybe like maybe he didn't even think he was going to have friends ever. Right. So, uh, so yeah, I, I think you're absolutely right about that. Mm-hmm. If you want to get in contact with us, you can email us at back to the future on my podcast at gmail.com. You know, in case you want to tell us who you would cast in a live action Futurama movie. Apps, please send us all your emails and your tweets. Um, you can, in speaking of, you can tweet at us at Back to Futurama. I'm Mike. I'm Ben. Good goodbye from, from the world of tomorrow. tomorrow.